Hi, this is Billy Bob Thornton of the Boxmasters, and you're listening to the Kudzu Radio Hour with my buddy, Michael Buffalo Smith, keeping it real and keeping it Southern. Oh, thank you, Billy Bob. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Kudzu Radio Hour, our companion to Kudzu Magazine. Hope you're reading the magazine and enjoying it, and I hope you're uh, enjoying uh, Billy and I on the radio hour. Please do me a favor and spread the word, Thunderbird, that the uh, Kudzu Radio Hour is back and alive and well and available all over the place, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And uh, we're gonna, we've got just all sorts of things planned. Right now, we're doing the uh, special Homebound Edition, and that's going to change one day because we're not going to be Homebound anymore. But we hope you'll continue to listen to us. Uh, You can listen on all your devices. Technology is amazing. Um, You know, I'm X amount of years old. And I'm not going to say. But uh, I find it really interesting that so much, so many of the, um, so many of the technical things have advanced so much. Just in the past, I don't know, even 20 years. Seems like only yesterday I was on my first Mac computer. And gosh, I, I think the first time I was ever, what we say, online was 1996. Well, that has been a while, hasn't it? Time flies when you're having fun, folks. The Kudzu Radio Hour is brought to you by the fine folks. Our buddies at Springer Mountain Farms, fresh organic chicken uh, responsibly raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts ever. And it, it comes through in the taste too, by the way. I mean, it's, you can't beat this, this, this chicken. You just can't. Get more information or order online at springermountain.com that's springermtn.com not only is it healthier for you but it tastes great that's the truth i just got another bag the other day and each of the uh, boneless skinless chicken breasts are individually wrapped you know individually so you, you just pull them out of the freezer take one out thaw it out a little bit slap that thing on the grill Mwah. My goodness gracious, it's so good. And uh, it's, it tastes, it really does taste better than your average chicken. Much better. Springer Mountain Farms is the name you need to remember. Don't ever forget it. Well, folks, I'm going to tell you what. We're going to bring Billy Eli in in just a few minutes. But first, we're going to kick things off with a song. We're going to be talking a little bit today about the cowpunk movement of the 80s uh, back in the day when they were blending uh, country music, alt country uh, all this stuff together and some some folks called it cowpunk <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a great and exciting time so we're going to talk about that a little bit and here's one of the best of those bands this is uh, Jason and the Scorchers and we'll be back with Billy in just a couple of minutes. This is a song. It's one of my favorites that they did 
called Broken Whiskey Glass. You crossed a valley that was steeped in blood My virgin pain was simply not enough To satisfy the one thing in life that you still desire A dress of lace and a pint of gin A little heaven in a needle full of sin Do the sights you remember scare you less than the sights you left unseen But I can't go on living in your broken whiskey glass Someday you'll find an appetite that reads Here lies Jason Strangled by love wouldn't
folks, I want you to put your hands together and welcome uh, my partner in crime, Billy Eli. Uh, Buff, how you doing this morning? I'm good, man. You doing all right? Yeah, hanging in, man. We got beautiful weather here in Hooville. Of course, I can't do anything but look out the window at it, but you know, it's not too bad. Hey, we got a special guest today, don't we? Yeah, well, I wanted to ask you, tell me again, Billy, where you live now, what city you're in? Uh, I live in Hooville. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, actually, I live in uh, I live in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Which Massachusetts. Is the, it is the uh, real life counterpart of Hooville. At the top of Mount Tom, I live at the foot of Mount Tom. At the top of Mount Tom is where uh, Dr. Seuss wrote all of his Hooville stuff. And in the Grinch that stole Christmas, that that big bluff mountain that the Grinch lives on, that's Mount Tom. Oh. And, Whoville is the town at the bottom of Mount Tom, which is East Hampton. And uh, <laughs> that's where I'm living, and that's where I'm at. I'm in, I live in Whoville. What the who? So what we got, who, okay, man. we got Massachusetts, we got Spartanburg, South Carolina, and our guest today is all the way over in Austin, Texas. Coming to you from the Green Garage Recording Studio. Yeah, right. I'm very familiar with that studio. Uh, as you recall, we did an album out there. We did. Or an EP. E EP. EP phone. Hey, Jim, fun. how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Billy. Hey, Bob, how y'all doing today? I don't know. Is it morning where you are? I, that, it just depends. I, I don't know. I, ever since the uh, pandemic, I, I can't keep up with if it's day or night or what day of the week. I, I have no <laughs> right. idea. Yeah, it's pretty much all. So, it, yeah, it, here's the way. I, here's what I've broken it down into. It's, it's either dark or it's not dark. <laughs> yeah, sort of like with beer. Yeah, I either have beer or I don't have. Beer. No dark beer or light beer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah you don't want to be in a situation where you don't have beer, though. That's that's I, not good. That's yeah, especially not for Billy. He, yeah. he tends I, to. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if we gave Jim an official. Uh, intro we should probably tell the listeners our guest today is uh jim hemphill uh record producer and guitar player uh he, me and jim have been working together good guy 22 years something like that yeah but uh but he but jim uh you also work with a number of other bands and produce a lot of outside projects and and um he owns yeah. his own studio and several guitars yeah, yeah several got, got, a, got a few of them in here yeah and uh, today, uh, the topic of today's show is uh, cow punk and alt country. And I invited Jim because he, he knows as much about that as anybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was, I got back, I went back and started looking at uh, the cow punk. I remember when it, when it broke, when it first happened. And uh, we, we had discussed, um, Billy, you and I had discussed the other day. A lot of people don't realize that Dwight Yoakam started out as Cal Punk. He did. He did. He was play, yeah, playing, yeah, playing punk, you know, punk venues to to punks and playing traditional honky tonk music. Yeah, yeah he was great. Was, he was great. I always liked him anyway. Yeah, when you invited me on, I that was one of the first things I thought of was when Dwight was doing that stuff, and he was still playing just the pretty much straight up hardcore honky-tonk with that 80s spin but he was playing to, to punk rock audiences and if i can get a plug in here for a friend of mine's book my friend don mcleese wrote a 
excellent uh, biography of Dwight Yoakam, and he talks oh. about those years as well. So look it up from the University of Texas Press. Oh, uh, my gosh, man. He, thanks. He that's a, I can't believe you, you named a book I haven't read. I got to get it. I don't, yeah. I don't, I had never found a, seen a book on Dwight. I'll yeah, tell you, Don, Don's a, Don's a pretty, Don's a pretty thorough music historian, man. It, it's, uh, I used to read his column, you know, when he, when he worked at the Statesman. Yeah. Don's written for, uh, you know, just about every publication you can think of. No depression, uh, Rolling Stone, uh, he wrote, he's originally from the Chicago area, so we wrote for the Sun-Times, living in Iowa now, and uh, teaching uh, writing at the University of Iowa, and still do his freelance stuff, and uh, his book on Dwight's real good, pick it up. Well, right as now. you know, I'm a, uh, a big fan of uh, university presses, because, I mean, you got the, the, all seven of my books are on uh, university, uh, Mercer University Press of Macon, mm-hmm. and uh but I, I love, uh, I've got to read that. Um, my buddy, uh, Billy Bob Thornton is, um, really good friends with, with Dwight Yoakam. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course he's put him in a bunch of movies and, and he showed up on that. Uh, I was watching that show, that Amazon show Goliath with Billy Bob and he's got Dwight in there. And you wouldn't ever, you, if you didn't know, if you weren't looking for him, you wouldn't know it's Dwight Yoakam. I mean, he's like wearing a suit and tie and it's, you know, it's weird the way he looks without a cowboy hat because bald is a cue ball on top and then the hair hanging on the sides, long hair on the sides. It's a, <laughs> it's a trip, man. He said, but what a good, he's a good actor, singer and everything. But I do, I remember that so well, the, um, when he was doing the cow punk thing. And Dwight, you'll come in and just to rattle off a couple of my favorites. Uh, one of my favorites is a band called Lone Justice and Maria McKee. I just dearly love. I enter, I got to do a real in-depth interview with Maria and found out that her brother was one of the main guys in a psychedelic band called Love. Love, yeah. Yeah, it was real weird. We were talking. Yeah, but psychedelic blues, man. Yeah, yeah well, she was, she just, she was all into talking about her brother that day and She's one of those California girls that has, they just talk so fast. It's like, da, 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 da. well, the, uh, the thing, and I don't want to get sidetracked too much, but the thing about love, love was one of those groups that was, uh, we're talking about punk today in a, in a, a specific genre of punk, but uh, they were kind of like the Sex Pistols, you know? I mean, they didn't on their own ever have a lot of huge success and fame, but the love influenced on the, about half the psychedelic bands that came out of sure. Southern California in the late sixties. That's true. Uh, and, uh, you know, and bands like Zeppelin and, and that were listening to, you know, that hard kind of freaky blues. Well, I'm going to rattle off the ones I wrote down that I, that I remembered liking. And you guys okay. can just tell me if, if you like them or if they sucked, but do you remember a band called long riders? Yeah. Sid sure. Griffin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I got to meet him one time and he had, uh, I was interviewing him. He was an, as an author, cause he wrote a book about Graham Parsons. Uh, it was okay. It was, a uh, the book is more of a, a fanboy type book. And I always tell people, well, yeah, get that one. But if you want to know about Graham Parsons life, deep history, get this book called 
Hickory Wind by Ben Fong Torres, uh, the guy from Rolling Stone. He wrote a, he wrote the definitive uh, on Graham. Good book. And, Good you know, book. of course, Graham goes a long way in just about any uh, alt-country discussion, you know. Right. Uh, so it's like, uh, other band that uh, I enjoyed, do you remember a group called The Knitters? Yeah, that was sure. X, but yeah, they that added was a spinoff of a, that was a spinoff of X, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, with Dave Alvin, yeah, X and, yeah, the Blasters, yeah, 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 and the Blasters is another band. First time I saw the Blasters was on Farm Aid, the first Farm Aid, nineteen eighty two, and I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. He just, uh, I don't know, the way he sang and that big grin that he does when he's singing. It's like, I know people think I'm crazy, but it reminded me of Frank Gorson as the Riddler in Batman. The big, <laughs> that big cheesy grin that he does in between songs. Smile on his face. Yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, Dave, Dave and Phil, when they work together, man, just unbeatable. unbeatable. Yeah, the Alvin's, Alvin's and the Chipmunks. No, no, not that Chipmunks. <laughs> the, uh, um, I'm going to get my portion out of the way so I get a musicologist to talk about uh hank three did some pretty good stuff some of it now i um i went to see him and he played a set of old country and then he told people he said now what i'm gonna do in the next set you you need to be prepared because it's gonna be uh what was he um what's the name of jack ask jack yeah <laughs> And it was, and uh, I was like, I was enjoying all of it, but it was like, it, it, it's country with a, it's country with a weird ass metal thread, like heavy metal thread through it. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. He just, uh, but I just, you know, like I told him, I said, you know, to me, it's all just artistic, artistic expressions, that different ways much. of doing. It. Uh, how about a band called Beat Farmers? I was, was going to bring them up because Jim used to see those guys a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they played around uh, Athens a lot too. Yeah, I lived in San Diego for a while in the eighties, which is which. Oh God, you got them all. And I saw. I mean, I can't count the number of nights, the number of beer and tequila soaked nights I spent uh, with the Beat Farmers. They were one of the best live bands back in that day, and you know. They were pretty early on in the, you know, their first record, I think was 83. They covered, uh, you know, they covered a, a Velvet Underground song on that first record, Tales yeah. of the Midwest. They were, they were a great band when Buddy Blue was in it. And then when Buddy left to go solo and, uh, and uh, Joey Harris joined, uh, they, they just kept going. You know, they were, they were really something, you know, Country Dick and Raleigh Love, the bass player, have both passed now. But man, back in the 80s, hard to get a better night than seeing the beat farmers man they were a great great band yeah I, I had a question about them jim you had mentioned that they uh they did a uh they did another kind of country-esque kind of cowpunk thing as a side group right was it the pleasure barons pleasure barons yeah they they did the same kind of material but they did different stuff than they did as a beat farm yeah, they, they had the Pleasure Barons, and I can't remember the names of all the groups, but, you know, that was back when Mojo Nixon and Skid Roper were uh, 
right. pretty great guns. And and you, if you went to a Mojo and Skid show, <laughs> Beat Farmers would be there. And if you went to a Beat Farmers show, Mojo and Skid would be there. And there were some more straight up, you know, uh, rockabilly bluesy bands around, like the Paladins. Dave Gonzalez, who was in. I, I was I was going to bring the Paladins up. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were always around too. And so there was that scene going on. And uh, you know, the Beat Farmers would play as the Pleasure Barons at a little club, and they'd have a big sign that said, uh, you know, Beat Farmers requests one hundred dollars, uh, right next to the sign that says, "Please do not tease or confuse the band." Uh, you know, so. They were they had a great sense of humor and they could play and they just sounded great together and some great right. songs. Well you uh, you you it's funny how we all had our minds are going in the same direction, which is kinda neat. Well you were talking and you dropped the name Mojo Nixon. I uh I first heard of him in nineteen ninety one and uh I was doing a newspaper in Greenville, alternative newspaper called Edge and uh I did an interview uh, with Mojo and we talked about his stuff with Skid Roper and his solo stuff and he had a uh, Rhino was putting out it's time everything Rhino Records put out they sent me one so they had uh, a um, this VHS tape <laughs> yes folks remember VHS had a VHS tape about Elvis Presley and uh they used Mojo's video, Elvis is everywhere at the opening of the thing. And uh, I was like, oh, this guy's cool. So then, to bring it full circle, just the most recent issue of Kudzu Magazine, I reviewed the uh, Mojo box, the uh, huge collection of all his work that they've put out. You can get it on LPs or CDs, but... Of course, I got the CD version, but uh, just tons and tons of really brilliant love songs, like Billy's favorite about Debbie Gibson. Debbie Gibson's pregnant with a two-headed love child. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't teach that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's got that's a gift. Mojo's got a gift. He also uh, had a song called uh, "Don Henley Must Die." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember uh, that. And, and I, I, I wasn't in the audience that night, and it's one of my regrets, but he was, Mojo was playing hole, the Hole in the Wall here in Austin, a little club on, on Guadalupe, on the drag, one night, and uh, Don Henley came in <coughs> and did the song with him. Oh, God, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know what? Don we has were... a sense of humor, which I... We were sitting here talking. Uh, we were sitting while well, we were just kind of sitting here reminiscing about various bands that uh, kind of came out of a punk genre, heavy duty garage band stuff, but had a little bit of country influence. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, it, it reminded me of an Austin band. I'm pretty sure uh, you'll remember Jim, the Flame Trick Subs. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they 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 kind of fell in that sort of gray area of kind of punkish country weird. It, some of that stuff was just weird but it, they were a great band yeah and and you know back in the back in the 80s you know when we were starting to you know Buff, you were talking about the beginnings of all the whole cow punk type of stuff and at first it seemed odd to some of us like i came from more of a punk rock background than a country background and the idea of of on the surface when you first heard about it blending that 
that kind of stuff sounded weird. But then once you heard a band like the Beat Farmers or Jason and the Scorchers or something, you realize, or or even X, you know, or the Blasters, you realize that green on red, they go together great. I mean, the, the, it's, yeah. it's 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 at its core, it's all roots music, right? It's it's and, and right, and you know, and the thing about that, the thing about that is, uh, was you know, and, and as you know, Jim, I mean, I I come from a I come from most from primarily a honky tonk. Uh, uh, a honky tonk roots rock background. Uh, my favorite country band ever is the Rolling Stones. Uh, <laughs> but, but the, uh, but but the 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 music structure of country, man. If you think about it, I mean, it, it was tailor cut for punk stuff. So much of it is just three or four chords, and 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 you can refine it a lot. You know, I mean, you can add a lot of things, and you can add fiddles and horns and strings, and you can do all that stuff. And you can make it lush and pretty, or you can you can do it at the speed of light, you know, with a bashing drum and a driving bass, and and well, uh, and and it and and it works because yeah, it's roots music, and uh, and Bob, you mentioned a few. Uh, now, how about rank and file? You know those, you know those oh, yeah, guys, yeah. Buff. Lord, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember them very well. That was that was my first introduction to uh, Alejandro Escovedo. Was uh, a friend of mine had a had a vinyl of uh, Rank and File, and that was just, I mean, you know, revved up country. That's all that was. Well, you know what you, what you say makes sense because uh, I had somebody who knows I forget who somebody that had achieved some notoriety that i'd interviewed i can't remember which guy it was so i'm not going to call his name but <laughs> one of it was one of the one of two or three these artists that told me uh you know that it all goes down wait i know now who it was it was tom dowd tom there dowd the producer who said uh it, it, michael it's, it all comes down to one thing it's a if it's a damn good song it's a damn good song and he says yeah, you, you can play it any that. style you want to. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's like, what about this? We should all get together and do an album of Ramones songs, but make them country. With a pedal steel guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We absolutely could do that because the the bones of the songs are there, man. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. The bones are there, and and uh. Can you imagine that day? I, I, I want a base I'm kind of and date it. I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of surprised. Some country act hadn't recut. Uh, remember that song of theirs? I want you around. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I'm kind of surprised somebody hadn't recut that as a as a country tune. I mean, because the the lyrics are not. You know, I mean they they don't they don't get into that humorous thing like beat the brat with a baseball bat. Yeah, I can <laughs> so, hear the I can hear the pedal steel right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. On uh, Sheena is a punk rocker. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the one of the things that when when I when I talk about some of these some of these alt country bands, you know, I, I I listen to them and I say, okay, can you tell that they've heard the Ramones? Yeah, they don't have to sound like the Ramones, but if you can tell that they've heard the Ramones, then you know that's cool. It's uh, last time I saw the drive by truckers, they did a uh, cover of the KKK took my baby away. Oh, oh yeah. The, Lord, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. I know that one. Yeah. It's a great and, song. Uh, you know? And so, you know, you like to, you like to hear that influence there. 
because it's the, you know, it's the straight ahead, no BS stuff. You know, when I started getting into punk rock in the late seventies and, you know, my friends who were still into the, you know, the rock. hard rock kind of stuff, you know, you know, were questioning me about what is this? And I said, look, man, this is more like what rock and roll was supposed to be and what started, right? What it started out as it's not some radical new revolution in its entirety, it's a revolution, but it's also a back to the basics stuff. Right, it's a, it's a, re, it's a retro look. Yeah. There's well, more my, thing, thing was, uh... in that stuff than in, in REO Speedwagon. Yeah. My yeah, thing no, with I... punk rock is that it was, uh, I, I like the American punk rock much better than the Brit, the British punk rock, like Sex Pistols and stuff where they were just, uh, seemed like, it was more about violence, you know, and let's just chop each other up and all this kind of shit, you know, but I mean, it was okay, but, but I like the, the New York, you know, the Ramones and, uh, you know, even when Blondie first started out, it was a punk band. Sure. And, uh, I mean, and I was up there at that time and I, I remember going to, uh, CBGB's and seeing the Ramones, for the first time and it was like i'd been hit in the face with a baseball bat because it's like they came out and every song was less than two minutes and there was no talking in between songs it's just go from one to the next yeah and they, they usually played the same chords you know it's like two or three chords da, 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 da. They, and it was yeah. like man i never seen anything quite like but like it i mean it's just one of a kind kind of thing you know and then uh, we had the uh dead boys and um i forget who i was i, I saw a lot of them playing at um Jim, you, you saw a bunch of you saw a bunch of those midwest punk bands didn't you yeah yeah quite a few yeah yeah, yeah. The, we, we yeah. would get <laughs> well lived in you know i lived in uh moved from spartanburg and lived in atlanta for a while lived in New York for a while and uh well I actually lived in New Jersey, worked in New York, hung out in New York, lived in Long Branch, New Jersey, uh, Asbury Park or whatever. And uh so it got around and just kinda hit on things at the right at the right time to get quite a lot of experience. This coming from a guy who's known worldwide as the ambassador of Southern Rock. Yes, folks. There is more than just Leonard Skinner. <laughs> In fact, there's so much more. And uh, I, you know, I'm like a huge fan of David Bowie, of Kate Bush, of uh, the Ramones, of uh, Talking Heads. Uh, it just goes on and on. Another band I saw listed in a, as a, um, as a cowpunk band I don't know that I would call them a cowpunk band. They're great as Los Lobos. Uh, you know, this, yeah, it's kind of the same thing where they were playing to some in some punk rock clubs and to punk rock audiences. But no, I, you know, to me, Los Lobos is one of the great American rock bands. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, so Jim. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I, that what, my band used to play that. Uh, Will the Wolf Survive? And that's oh, what a great kind of song. a difficult piece of music to play. I will, uh, you had mentioned the not not liking the uh, well, I don't want to say not liking you. You had mentioned that that uh, 
buff that the the Brit punkers. I was gonna uh, ask Jim about this. Jim, I don't know if you know this. Before uh, he embarked on his current money career, he Jim was a journalist and wrote for he he wrote for some music journals and and covered a music beat and. Uh, so he knows that, which why I asked him to be on the show today. He he knows a lot about the stuff. Hey, uh, so I would say a precursor to uh, to British punk and especially British uh, country tinge punk or, or rave music. Man, you gotta kind of look at Dave Edmonds in there somewhere, don't you? Dave Edmonds, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't thrashy like the Sex Pistols, but I mean, that stuff was all, it was all absolutely wild dog, you know? I mean, it was just, uh, there it was. And it was country based. <laughs> yeah, you got that whole, you know, the pub rock scene with uh, <clears throat> Nick Lowe's old band, Brinsley Schwartz. And, right. The, and, you know, Dave Edmonds was kind of an elder statesman of that whole thing. You know, he had a, a big hit with his cover of I Hear You Knocking back in the early 70s. Oh, and, yeah, and, uh, like 1970. And then, you know, he and Nick Lowe ended up getting together and forming Rockpile, which unfortunately only made one album under their own name, but Rockpile was the band on a bunch of uh, Nick Lowe and Dave Edmonds' solo records. Uh, they, for contractual reasons. Oh, I love that Rockpile album, that Rockpile album is great, and you know you listen to Nick Lowe's uh, "Jesus of Cool." I guess here it was uh, "Pure Pop for Now People." Uh, Dave Edmonds' "Tracks on Wax 4 uh, is another great album that has Rockpile rock on it with Jerry and all, and Billy and all this and all that stuff. stuff. I mean, you can hear a punk, you can hear a punk edge to it. Oh yeah. Well, and and of course Nick Lowe, Nick Lowe ended up producing um, uh, Elvis Costello. You know. Right. And, and, oh yeah. And Elvis's cover of "What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding," you know, that is, that's a, that's a, that's Classic. a Nick Lowe song that Brinsley Schwartz originally did, and uh, you know, so that was a big influence there too. And Man, I'm an Elvis fan. I, I was playing, yeah. I was playing Elvis Costello this morning on my Alexa. Uh, just uh, well, some little thing popped up on on my screen. This meeting has been upgraded by the host. Oh, yeah, hell they, nice. yeah they, they i forgot if you have more than two people you have a 40 minute limit on it so i got the thing where it's a 40 minute limit but they're gonna expand it they didn't say how long so i just figured we'd go till we ran out <laughs> yeah. sounds good uh, hey but but i'd like to move along and get up and get a few more things in about, about the genres we're talking about today i wanted to talk about uh buff i don't know if you remember my i know jim does uh green on red yeah yeah absolutely that uh, was that was chuck prophet chuck prophet played guitar and dan stewart was the front man uh i saw them uh back in back about the time the the gas food lodging record came out very very good live band and, and then uh dan did a couple records with steve Wynn from the dream syndicate under the danny and what they call it danny and dusty Record they oh, oh yeah, they, yeah. No, record. I have a yeah. You know what? I had a, I had a copy of that on loan for a while. Uh, and and the reason that I did was because uh, they shot all the they shot that album cover photo at uh, I can't remember the name of that bar in L.A. It's a place that 
uh, our friend Tex Troster. <laughs> it's his favorite place to drink in Hollywood. And I can't remember the name of it, but uh, yeah, we had, yeah, we had kind of an inside joke going there about, yeah, we're going to, we're going to meet there and, and drink a bunch. Are we, you guys going to play if it doesn't interfere with our drinking? <laughs> yes. Possibly. But, uh, so, uh, and Buff, last week, me and you brought up, and this is another band, Jim, is pretty uh, knowledgeable about the Jayhawks. And they wound right, up man. turning into just kind of a straight alt country band, man, with the good, clean, clear, you know, vocals and, and lush production and all that stuff. But they started out as kind of a punk punk band, too, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, were kind they, of, they, they had an edge on that first album. Well, they're from Minneapolis, and Jim, I know you've seen them multiple yeah. times you know minneapolis you know I, I i i grew up in in iowa and we saw and played with a lot of the minneapolis bands back in the 80s never never played with the with the jayhawks but uh but yeah that whole scene there was <coughs> was really something back in the 80s uh going all the way back to early suicide commandos and and the suburbs who we played with Wow. And you know all those twin tone bands. Uh, of course, you know the replacements and Husker Du were kind of. The... And you saw them guys when they were still club bands. I mean, yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah. play and played on tickets with some of them, but replacements they were still were great club bands band. when you saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. Yeah, I saw the replacements when they were playing hundred seat clubs. And you know who was a really great live band out of there. And you know they ended up having some pretty significant commercial success later with a different sound. But it was a band called Soul Asylum. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Soul Asylum was kind of, they had some very cowpunkish stuff on some of their early records, like Made to Be Broken, when they right. were still on Twin Tone. Uh, that, I mean, Soul Asylum was one of the best live bands I've ever seen, seriously, back in the 80s. Unbelievably great. You could, replacements could be either transcendent or horrible live, and I've seen them yeah. both, right. both ways. Soul Asylum was always just completely red hot live band. And and you're talking about the Minneapolis and uh and the Midwest thing and uh you know I, I don't know probably at the time that they that the term alt country was coined uh to the two premier bands that everybody mentioned at that time were Sunvolt and uh and Wilco, which uh what that was Jeff Tweedy and Jay Farrar. And both of those guys came out of Uncle Tupelo, which they were from around St. Louis or somewhere. Correct. But they but they were cutting their chops and did their records and they, they did all that out of Minneapolis, didn't they? They did some in Minneapolis, they did some in Chicago. They recorded their last uh last Uncle Tupelo album, Anodyne, was done here in Austin. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, uh, you don't have to know where they recorded that, do you? I think it was at Cedar Creek. Oh, yeah. it's Yeah, I remember that studio. I, I never did work in that one, but yeah. Um, I have one more uh, band on my list I wanted to toss out there and see if you were familiar with. Uh, you uh, you heard of the Bottle Rockets? Yeah, a little, little bit, yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've done a lot of coverage on them over the years. Uh, was that a was that a Texas band or something? No, they're Saint Louis. Louis as well. Yeah, um, uh, uh, I'm having a senior moment here. Uh, oh, I have them all the time. Brian Brian Henneman, Brian Henneman, the the front man, plays uh, that PV guitar. <laughs> he was 
he was uh, Uncle Tupelo's guitar roadie for a oh. while. And he's actually the lead guitar player on Wilco's first record, AM. Uh, Hanneman played lead guitar on that record, but didn't join the band because he had the Bottle Rockets going. So that's when they picked up uh, Jay Bennett. Uh, Wilco picked up Jay Bennett. But uh, yeah, uh, man, the, the first two Bottle Rockets records, the self-titled and the Brooklyn side, which was produced by Eric Amble of the Dell Lords, another early great band you could consider in this genre. Man, great, great stuff. And they still tour. Not, I saw them not long ago. They were touring with uh, Marshall Crenshaw. Which wow. Was a, which was a great package because the Bottle Rockets wow. played, Bottle Rockets played a set and then they backed up Marshall Crenshaw. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up another band since you brought up the Bottle Rockets. This is a band and I I don't know very much about them except just the the stuff of theirs I've heard, uh, and they had a real country tinge. It was a band called Driving and Crying. Oh yeah, I love those guys, Kevin. And, and when I heard that, I, when I first the the first stuff there's I heard, I, I when I first heard it, I thought it was the Bottle Rockets. Yeah, I mean, Kevin. It, uh, it, I know. Uh, I got to know Kevin a good bit back in um, they're, Athens They're like a days. New York band, right? Yeah, it, and uh, Kevin has done a lot of solo things too. <laughs> but the driving and crying, uh, you know, of course, his biggest hit was. Uh, I'm going straight to hell, just like my mama said. <laughs> and it, I mean, he's uh he's he ended up getting in with that whole Warren Haynes thing, and uh, so yeah, every year again, that man, he, every year they'd have the Christmas jam in Asheville, and you can always know that Kevin Kenny or Driving and Crying will be on there with Warren, because he just you know he loves them. I do too. I like I love their stuff. I mean, it's a I, don't, I can't name a song that I, that I don't like by them. Last time I saw them, last time I saw them, Warner Hodges was playing guitar. Uh, with, oh, yeah. Jason? Yeah, with uh, with Driving and Crying. It was, it was pretty yeah, good. I bet that was good, man. Yeah. So, uh, so, Jim, what are, some, uh, what are some Austin punk bands? I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm coming up with the Hickoids, which... That's, that was what I was gonna. First one I was gonna say is the Hickoids, yeah. Yeah, and I, I knew a couple of those guys, man. I, I I hesitate to use the word worked. I had a few rehearsals with uh, uh -huh. their original lead player, Jukebox. Mm -hmm. I think I think he's dead now, <laughs> and uh, and their front guy was uh Davy Jones, which he's dead now. <laughs> he is. He is. I, I I think most of those guys uh. I think most of those guys are, are, are have passed. I mean, they were pretty old then, man. And you know, and and some of the you know some of the uh, some of the '80s Austin roots rock bands, you know, were a little older and were not punk bands. But you could tell that that economy uh, had sunk into what they do. You know, like uh, well, the Tailgaters was one. They yeah. uh, they they were a Pretty much straight ahead swampy rockabilly bluesish band but you could when you listen to them you could tell that they they'd absorbed the influences of some of that stuff and, and alejandro's other band the true believers i mean you absolutely you hear you hear uh cuts off that uh uh when it's over and stuff like that man i mean it, it yeah it, it carried all that yeah alejandro left you know when he uh 
left rank and file started the true believers and you know john d graham who'd been been in in a in a punk rock he was in the skunks wasn't the he? skunks with jesse yeah. uh jesse sublet yeah and uh, started the true believers with with al and his his brother and javier and, yeah and and john huh. d graham is the three guitar attack that was a uh, you know that was part of what they were calling the new sincerity movement back then. And there was the, their rehearsal that. space was right next door to ours, man. Yeah. Their bass player was a guy named Denny and I don't remember his last name, but I was in a band called the honky tonk cats with, uh, with, uh, Ricky Davis on pedal still. And, and we were practicing and, and they were on break and we stopped and they were like, man, you guys do that old country. That's great. And their bass player said, hey, let me do a song with y'all. And he sang, uh, tonight the bottle let me down. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, that's that, that's about as close to cow punk as I ever got. <laughs> well, hey, guys, I, I want you to hold on for a second and don't go no place, okay? Because I want to I wanna do I want to talk just a minute about the... I want to have a beer. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk a, bit, a little bit about the Kudzu magazine and... and uh, We'll, we'll we'll come back uh i'm not turning off your mics or anything so <laughs> just know that you're still you know in the background um anyway i want to talk about just a little bit about the latest issue of kudzu magazine it's uh, available still available free 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 at last free at last latest issue of kudzu has a cover story on the band the outlaws and uh, my exclusive interview with band leader Henry Paul. Uh, and also we have uh, an interview with percussionist Preston Holcomb, who has uh, been touring with Blackberry Smoke. It's got an interesting story, very interesting. Um, the uh, archival interview from several years ago that I did with Buddy Miles. So a lot of drummers in this issue. And uh, my buddy Scott uh, takes us on a road trip to New York for the uh, brothers at the Madison Square Garden, which turned out to be one of the last live concerts that he that he's seen for quite some time. And all the gen all the usual stuff is in Kudzu, rock and roll health chick, uh, uh, unreleased gems, a uh, article about an unreleased album by Atlanta Rhythm Section. Reviews of CDs, books, restaurants, and live shows. All of us at kudzumag.com. K-U-D-Z-O-O-M-A-G. Kudzumag.com. And what I'm going to do right here is we're going to play a little three or four minute segment from the Henry Paul interview. So you can hear Henry talking. And hopefully it will whet your appetite to go over and read the entire thing. So we'll play that. And we'll be right back with uh, Billy and Jim and Jim and Billy in just a moment. As soon as I got too many things on my screen. Okay. And here's Henry Paul. Those people were part of the, the landscape when the outlaw's dream was realized and came true. And you have to remember, like in the lyrics of Overnight from Athens, how many years we struggled to become a part of what that was, you know, 
singing from that barroom stage. We watched our message come of age that we've been fighting for since we were 17. You know, there was a good eight-year struggle in trying to get somewhere. And when you finally got there, all the people around you, whether it was Tommy Caldwell or Toy or whether it was Charlie Daniels or whether it was, you know, Ronnie Van Zant or Alan Collins, the, the list was short but really meaningful. And these were people that were there with you in the middle of your dream come true. And so they became, you know, it was like the Southern bands against the world. And, you know, the Eagles were doing very well in California and Loggins and Messina were doing well. And there we were, you know, trying to perpetrate the Southern culture and the Southern musical personality under the umbrella and the influence and the creative sort of scope of, of the Allman brothers. Yeah. which, you know, which they they sort of created that personality that we all loved and the brotherhood and the brothers and tattoos and Red Dog and Twigs and, you know, Callahan and all these people, you know, it was like, Wow, the road crew, they're cool. They Joe Dan Petty, and they have a band called Grinder Switch. And it was just really a great cultural moment. And so we tried to, you know, emulate that in our own way. We, we just, you know, we just, for lack of a better word, imitated the Allman Brothers and how they went about doing what they did. And the Tucker Band was very grown up and very buttoned up and, admirable and Skinner was tough and scrappy and having huge success and Charlie Daniels was having significant success and I don't I, you know we just we just were happy to be a part of it and the outlaws were great the outlaws could go out on stage every night and bring the heat man I mean turn up the they could they could put a whooping on you. And so we made a name for ourselves, making a memorable impression as a special guest star on a show. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Henry Paul from The Outlaws uh, featured in this uh, current issue of Kudzu Magazine. And we're back with uh, Billy Eli and Jim Hibbill talking about Cal Punk, Alternative Country, and all the good stuff, man. So, uh, anyway, um, so Jim, you're, you're a musicologist, and, uh, and I'm a musicologist, and Billy's a musicologist, and I think we should start a religion. No, I'm just kidding. I was going to say, uh, Send money. Yeah, send Start money. Your own religion. Send I money. think that you should send your stimulus checks to me, and I will disperse them as need be into my bank. The um, so Jim, uh, I want to ask you if you if you had to name a uh, definitive cowpunk band 
the one that you feel like kind of just gets, you know, should be at the top of the list of that whole movement, who would you name? I'm, I'm going to have to go with Jason and the Scorchers. Simply, oh, yeah. Simply because, you know, they weren't they weren't the first, although they were early. Um, but, and, and there have been bands that have been as good, but I don't know that anyone was better. And you could hear could hear the you know the southern illinois hog lot in jason's voice right you could hear you could hear the 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 blazing punk rock uh guitars with, with warner hodges they had great songs uh uh they you know just the uh, the prime jason and the scorches would probably be if someone asked me what does this music sound like and there's obviously a wide range you know some of it's some of it's more laid back than others and some of it has is more country and some of it's more uh more punk rock and some of it's more you know bluesy but I, if you had to point to one band uh i i would go with jason and the Scorchers. well that's cool man because that's exactly that's exactly what i would say too and uh, you know you're talking about the um the original songs were great but also had a real good knack for picking covers when you did a uh, absolutely sweet marie and uh you know and, some of those things like well. that yeah, and just, Lost Highway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really, really good. And uh, like I said, uh, I was uh, blessed to have seen them several times at Georgia Theater. And um, uh, I think it's mostly Georgia Theater. I'm not sure. I don't think it. I might have seen them at the 40 Watt, too. During those days, there was things called alcohol that was involved a lot. And... Uh, <laughs> I mean, during the time I was going to see B-52s and R.E.M. and they, nobody knew who they were. <laughs> hey, you know, we've kind of overlooked it, but uh, you're talking about uh, the 40-watt and, and, and seeing bands in Athens. I, I think to some degree, man, you have to put R.E.M. on this list. I mean, yeah. you know, they 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 weren't. Country was not the main element in their stuff, but they they certainly have some songs, and that, uh, and I, I'm thinking of Don't Go Back to Rockville specifically, man. I yeah. Mean, you, you can't say that's anything but a country song. Yeah, waste another year. Well, I mean, that, that, that whole, you know, when I went to college, this, we, me and my roommates, that's what we played was that old R.E.M. Um, it was a song nobody's ever heard of except me. I'm sure y'all probably have, though. They did a song called like Wendell it. G. Oh, sure. sure. Takes a tug upon the string that held a lot of string. No, just don't try and figure out what it means because it don't mean anything. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does. But it's just a cool, uh, weird, cool song. And I liked them <laughs> so much before they got you know, and then they got skyrocketed to popularity, and I still liked them, so that's pretty good. And I loved yeah, I the V-52s when nobody else, people were telling me, are you insane? You're listening yeah, but, to somebody's thing about my own private Idaho? Or <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but man, you got to see it live. But no, they they did they did not have a country tinge to their No, head. no, they were, they wanted to be like a, I don't know, 60s pop mixed with punk or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't but, know. You know go, going back to R.E.M., you know, they, uh, 
absolutely one of my favorite bands of the 80s and yeah. uh, particularly the early stuff and yeah, you yeah. know you can you can hear the south in our in early rem it just yeah. kind of oozes through you know yeah. and uh that's you know and, and I, I did live in in macon for a while and uh it made me understand better uh, just the whole atmosphere. It was just it's some kind of atmospheric stuff in those early REM records, you know, and they loved the birds and they loved the velvet underground and, and that stuff. But also you could just tell they were from the South. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And okay, I, so, you know, so, I've been working for years on this, um, trying to do this Southern rock hall of fame and trying to tell people <laughs> to expand the boundaries of Southern rock. Uh, to me, Southern rock is not just Almond Brothers and Skinner and Molly Hatchet and all that. It's, it goes all the way back to Southerners playing rock, including Little Richard and uh, Otis Redding and all that. And then also includes R.E.M. and, uh, you know. Well, and, all, and all those offshoots that, that uh, that they influenced, man. I yeah. Mean, you know, I, I remember a time in the mid to late 80s when, I mean, that REM, you, you could call it the birds or even Tom Petty influence, but it was all, I mean, all that stuff was in the same, it all came out of the, the same kind of, you know, stem from the same place. And, and no, there were a lot of great bands that did that. See, so, I, put, uh, I put Tom Petty in a, um, in the category of Southern rock too. I mean, he was from Gainesville. Yeah, me, me too. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, you don't hear it just a whole lot, but, uh, in the, those early Eagles things, man, when he heard Bernie Ledden playing guitar. Oh yeah. God, was... guy, and, and I mean, and you, and you, you know, the songs like Doolin Dalton's and stuff like that. I mean, man, man, yeah. yeah, it's, it's definitely got a, it's definitely got a flavor to it. Boy, you know, that that Dylan Dalton that uh, has always kind of been a little bit different, but uh, so uh, yeah, you know, that's the thing I really like about music. If you keep, you take, you can take any genre, and if you follow it back far enough, everything winds up pretty much back in the same place. So, uh, Buff, you would ask definitive definitive cow punk band and yeah yeah and, and jason and the scorchers yeah i'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm pretty happy to to hold them up as sort of the definitive thing now i have a question definitive cow punk song or alt country song cow punk or alt country wow, wow. what's up the definitive the definitive song wow that's a that's a that's really tough well, yeah, I can name is. mine. I already and, played and, it yeah, on the and, show. And so. Let me just say, you can change your answer next week or even in 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I do. I change my answers with a, whenever the wind blows a different direction. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, I mean, because there's so many really good ones from from uh, alt country and, you know, I even think what we play, uh, you know, I mean, I, it's rooted in honky tonk, but what we do is country rock. And Jim, because you're in the band, it's all got that kind of wild dog, kind of mad punk thread through all of it. I mean, yeah. we a lot of times, man, we're right out there on the edge of being out of control. <laughs> you know, to answer your question, Billy, if just as I sit here right now, and it's influenced by what we've been talking about. Yeah. One of the first things that came to mind, we were talking about Uncle Tupelo and their album, 
yeah. Hannah died that was recorded here in Austin. And I'm going to pick a song that is not real well known, but there's a song on that record. It's a Jay Farrar song called Chickamauga that to me is, might be the definitive alt country song. And it's, it's, you know, people who are really into Uncle Tupelo know it, but uh, a lot of people don't, but it's got, it's got, it, it rocks. It's got some, you know, it's got some punk rock influence, but it's also got some twang to it. And Farrar plays a great Neil Youngish guitar solo in it. Oh and, yeah. And so, you know, just as a dark horse pick, as I sit here today, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that. Not like I said, a lot of people who aren't into the old Uncle Tupelo stuff wouldn't know it, but I just think that when I think of alt country, I you know that's one of the first songs I think of. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say. What, um, what's your pick, Buck? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say it. the song, the first one we played today, uh, "Broken Whiskey Broken Glass." Broken Whiskey Glass, good choice. Yeah, uh, here's, it's here's, just I I get happy. Every time I hear that, I just, I just love I can, it. Um, I can think of so many great ones, but the, but the one that I always think about, and I, it's, I'm blanking on the title. It's a Jay Farrar tune. Uh, what well, off the of, uh, windfall, uh, off trace. Uh, what well, the? It's the third song on the damn CD. I want to see your smile through a payphone. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're blanking on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't either. That's, I mean, that record. Uh, well, that wasn't ever the hit off of that record. That no, was. No, but it that, is, it, it, that record is so, so great. Uh, Live Free? Yeah, 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 I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's I, I, I'm blanking on the name. I could sing a damn thing for it's you. Called, it's called Live Free. <laughs> Live yeah. Free. That and 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 it was never a big hit, but man, that was one of the things that I heard, you know. And I and by then, I mean, I, I was I was pretty well versed in cow punk and all of that, but uh, that was one of those that I heard that it, it sort of married that punk sensibility with kind of a country and a garage rock thing, and it it wasn't too it wasn't real uh trashy, wasn't it wasn't thrash or anything, you know. It, Damn, that was a good song. Well, we were, we were about out of time, but I had a, you know, since we've got the musicologist here, I'm sitting here for the past 30 minutes trying to remember the name of the artist that did a song that my band used to play in the 80s. It, it was a song called uh, I Knew the Bride When She Used to Rock and Roll. Well, that's a Nick Lowe song. That's Nick okay, Lowe, it was a yeah. Nick Lowe. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I th in my mind, I thought whenever we mentioned Nick Lowe, or you mentioned Nick Lowe, I got to thinking maybe that was what it was. But we used to we used to kick that kick that song out, and man, I liked that. He's a good song. Tell you what else, man? We totally skipped over this, which damn us to hell for that. But we <laughs> should have brought up some. We should have brought up some uh, country artists. Instead of talking uh, as well as punk artists that went country, we should have talked about some country artists that went punk, like Carlene Carter. That's a whole nother show, man. Yeah. I mean, because, cause, you know, she started out doing straight country. Her parents were, were uh, June Carter Cash and, and Johnny Cash. And, yeah. But uh, 
No, man, she had some ripping stuff in the eighties. Well, that, this whole thing kind of inspires me to to do more. If we can get, we can pull Jim in again and uh, talk about you know that, and talk about uh, you know other offshoots of the of the subject. You know, there's just so much that. to talk about, and so uh, and I get I get you know I get really happy when I talk to people who know what I'm talking about um, because there's so many in my, so many people that I know, uh, great people, but they're very limited to, you know, music is either Leonard Skinner or Molly Hatchet. Right. Or yeah. like you, like you said a moment ago, you know, I mean, to a degree, you could call, you could call the, uh, our band, mine and Jim's been a Southern rock band in the, in, because as you know, man, I was influenced by the Marshall Tucker band. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a Southern rock band, but there's so many people when you start talking to them, man, they, they, like you said, their, their focus is so narrow. It's Allen Brothers, Skinner, Marshall Tucker, Charlie Daniels, Molly Hatchet. Boom. That's yeah. all there is. There's yeah. not anything else. Boom. There's yeah. just that. Well, listen here. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something about our um, show sponsor, okay? And then uh, I and, like chicken. But, uh, yeah, who are you calling chicken? But uh, like don't chicken. but don't uh, don't leave yet. Uh, I will uh, I will do this and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, this is a short little little thing here. I wanted to talk about our sponsor. I'm so happy to have them. Uh, Springer Mountain Farms. Organic, fresh organic chicken responsibly raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts ever. If you like chicken, get the healthy kind. Uh, get more information or order online at SpringerMountain.com. That's SpringerMTN.com. Not only is their chicken healthier for you, it also tastes great. I'll tell you, I had some... I had a boneless, skinless chicken breast grilled last night with asparagus. And I tell you, their chicken tastes better because it doesn't have all that crap in it. So there you go. And that's that's an endorsement. They didn't tell me to use the word crap in their ad. But the, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it man's good. It's good stuff. So anyway, we want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Jim for joining us. And, uh, and of course, Billy, as always. Well, thank you. And that's, uh, we'll have to do yeah, this. Jim, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for coming on and talking about that. No, and that, you know, I knew that was a subject you know a lot about because that was one of the things when we first met. We have to talk, man, we have to talk about that sometime. <laughs> to tell you about the first time we ever played together. It's a, yeah, Billy can tell his version. I'll tell mine, and we'll and then we can figure it out. Yeah, well, that's the way it is. With yeah, these, that'd be yeah, that'd be great, man. It's like these books I write. I, I have to get, I get like four versions of the same story, and then I have to figure out how to which intertwine them and make one true story out of it. Okay, so we out. Well, we're about out. We we're going to say we're going to say goodbye, and we're going to say. Uh, that the last song is going to be the very lovely uh, Maria McKee, and the band is called Lone Justice. What song? And uh, that's a good question. <laughs> it's a, 
It's hey, ways, a, ways to be wicked is good. Shelter was their biggest hit. Wills was good. Uh, all of them are good. Uh, let's see. No, it's, uh, they're not all good. So many ways to be wicked. Yeah, ways to be wicked is good. I'm not afraid to Tom. stick it in. Tom that's uh, that's got a bunch of Tom Petty's guys playing on it, right? Yeah. And he yeah. 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 All right. Well, thanks, guys, and we'll see you. We'll see y'all down the road next week. Thanks for having me, guys. It was great. Thanks, Jim. Bye.
Well, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Kudzu Radio Hour. Thank you for tuning in, folks. And if you would, do me a favor. Pass the word along uh, any way you can through social media, etc. That the Kudzu Radio Hour is alive and well and back on its feet again. Um, Went away for a long time, but we're really happy to be back on. And we're on a new platform and we've got better sound and better control and uh working on getting some guests on and all kinds of stuff so uh lots to look forward to in the meantime please take care of yourself uh practice social distancing practice whatever you got to practice to take care of yourself and your family because that's what matters take care and we will see you here next week keep it real folks Keep it Southern.